are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings, happy Monday, welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One. That would be me, hence the name of the show, Todd and Aaron is here, are here, as well. That's bad grammar already, guys. Three seconds into that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, America. That's what we do at other programming. But indeed, I don't know why I'm apologizing. If you are here, you're, you're, you're used to being let down in life, Right. This is the program for people who don't talk good. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it is weekend news and views, uh, so we're going to get you caught up on what was really. Uh, we we sit around here before we started had to narrow down what we we're going to talk about. So this was, unlike last weekend, it was really a nice, slow weekend. I mean, everything hit the fan this weekend. There's a ton of stuff to get into, so we're going to address a few of those topics. Coming up here today on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. But first, we just wrapped up today's show for CRTV. Let's give the audience a preview of what is to come. Todd. Well, uh, you may or may not get into it at this point, but you mentioned on the show that uh, there's a particular... Uh, institution within uh, journalism is magical and not at all broken that just totally hugs that bumper sticker of mine, holds it tight, and just gives it every ounce of life that it can possibly have. It's a thing of beauty. There you go. Aaron. Oh, boy. What did we talk about today? It's, that's where that's where my brain is. Um, oh yes, uh, on the roundtable today with uh, Jordan Schachtel, talked about uh, th- this preview, uh, or we did a preview on what's happening right now in Singapore uh, between Donald Trump and Kim Jong Un. We each kind of shared what we think will happen, what um, we fear will happen, and what we would like to have happen. And we were all fairly unanimous on those uh, on those outlooks. So you want to see that. Um, I for, I'll, I'll give this part away. I for one, I'm still as much as things have changed for the better. I'm still very skeptical about what this meeting actually means and where where we'll go from here. Well, if you want to watch today's CRTV show, here's how: CRTV.com promo code Dace last name. Mine. D-E-A-C-E will get you a discounted subscription to CRTV. What's a discounted subscription mean? How about a quarter a day? It'll literally cost you 25 cents a day to watch our show on CRTV. All of the shows from the great one, Mark Levin, Michelle Malkin, right on down. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And you can watch our show today, all the shows, and all the shows that we've ever done. You know, the whole archives are up there. So, you know, if there's if there's a, a topical series or an interview Mark Levin's done, an in-depth interview, and you missed it because you weren't a subscriber, still sitting there for you at CRTV.com if you use that promo code today, promo code DACE. All right, let's get to it. Uh, some headlines from over the weekend. I mean, the montage Aaron put together for the CRTV show today, it's just, it's packing heat. There's so much that went on. So there's a lot of stuff to try to unpack. We'll get to as few or to as many of them in the time we have here today on, on Westwood One. Aaron, fire away. Oh, man, where do we even begin? Uh, we'll start 
Yeah, we'll start with this since we didn't talk about this at all. Uh, this is Dateline, Cottonwood Heights, Utah. It's from the New York Times. Mitt Romney never could resist a race. Since dawn, half-marathoners had been whipping through a mountainside fog here, a short drive from the home he keeps some 2,000 miles away from the office he wants. Mr. Romney stood just beyond the finish line, bopping his, in his jeans and flannel finest, smiling back at the runners like a distant relative at a wedding, waiting to be greeted. Well done, well done, congratulations, he said, handing medals to participants who may not have won in the end, but plainly tried their hardest. He clapped and shoulder-patted, he whiffed on a high-five, he studied the fingers of a woman unlocking her cell phone to take a picture with him, and guessed that the passcode... 764399, Mr. Romney shouted. He laughed. People seemed confused. The camera clicked. Mitt Romney was back. This is a piece by Matt Flegenhammer from the New York Times. In promoting this on Twitter, the New York Times said, To many, Mitt Romney's earnestness now qualifies as refreshing. He does not swear. He does not drink. He does not age. This is indeed copyright. Newfound respect. They, you're just reading an old article that they you're, they reran this because this was written back when he ran against Obama, right? Surely they wrote this back then. Oh no, right? it's yeah. an old article. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they wrote this in 2009 after McCain lost for McCain. Good grief! Uh, they 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 wrote this in in 1993 uh, after George H H W. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I know what you're saying. What what you're watching or what you just heard is one of the most sickening, cynical disgusting and predictable types of agate prop leftists in the media routinely use. If you want to know, Steve, I'm a Republican. Dear Steve, I'm a Republican. How can I cease being a racist, xenophobic, misogynistic, homophobic bigot? I can get you there. I can get you the public absolution you're looking for in two simple steps. A, lose to a Democrat in a campaign that matters. B, after said loss, spend the majority of your remaining time in public life criticizing and condemning any conservative reform efforts whatsoever. And then it's like, is there like a magic number of Hail Marys? Or is it, is it, is, is, does it depend? Is there a magic yeah, is it like, number? Yeah, is, is it like a magic number? Like, is it a dozen, seven, six? Well, there's no magic number, but okay. if you're saying you're rosy, you're saying in decades. Yeah. So start with 10. All right, so, so it, it, we're done here. You're done. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. This is all that must be done. Run, bless me, Father. I'm a racist, misogynistic, homophobic, xenophobic Republican, but I repeat myself. My son... Two things you must do. Run for office against a Democrat and lose, and then after losing, spend the rest of your time in public life condemning and criticizing conservatives who attempt to reform the system at every turn. That's it. You are healed. You're, and that, that's it. That's, that's What's happening here, I'm going to say this as politely as I possibly can. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I, when I say this, I want you to know, I really mean what I'm about to say. This is not a hot take. I'm not coming in hot. This isn't, I'm not dropping bombs. I don't have a problem doing that. I think you guys know that by now. 
But this is provocative on purpose, with a purpose. I really believe this is true. Just like I really believe Republicans are trying to lose the House. I mean, I really believe it. You won't talk me out of it unless you've got better evidence that I have that they are. What I'm about to say next, I really believe. And that's why I'm going to try and say it with the most measured tone I can. So you can see that I'm not trying to be a canoe here. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm trying to show you this is how the game is played. What's happening here is with John McCain at the end of his life, Mitt Romney is being positioned by the same media that created the McCain caricature after they destroyed him in 2008. They are they're, they're, they they can't they're, they they won't wait for McCain to even pass away. McCain's essentially out of public life now. Now I mean he's tweeting things, but he's not in front of a camera. And so they're just getting a jump start on who they will anoint and nominate to take his place. That's what's happening here. This is it. These people are so desperate for a device uh, uh, that they can use, a blunt object they can use to hammer conservatives with, with an R after their name. They can't even wait until John McCain passes on peaceably. McCain not being there. I mean, you got Lindsey Graham out there over the weekend saying, I'm not sure John McCain's right on trade. I mean, it's amazing. Lindsey Graham suddenly, talk about healings, just the first individual thought aside from John McCain's hive mind Lindsey Graham's had in his entire career? Well, like you said, John McCain's exited stage left. Yes. So now that Lindsey Graham's out there saying, I don't, I don't know that the globalists are right on trade, thoughts and prayers to his booking team. He, he's not going to get called from Face the Nation as much as he used to. Which means someone needs to be called out of the bully. Someone needs to be called out of the bullpen. Next up, warming up. Over in the virtue signaling GOP team bullpen, Mitt Romney. And so with McCain exiting stage left and at the end of his life, Romney is being groomed. They're getting the jump on grooming Romney to take his place. And Romney will be a Sunday morning fixture. All those bookings McCain used to get to look with a furrowed brow and a concerned look on his face. This is the same publication that gave you binders full of women. He was a homophobe because of Chick-fil-A Day, which he didn't even actually support Chick-fil-A. He didn't even actually support Chick-fil-A. Remember that? He dissed us. That's not a part of my campaign. Oh, I remember. Yeah. So this is highly cynical. Don't buy into any of this at all. Now, I'm not telling you anything about the liberal media you don't already know, I'm guessing, if you're listening to this podcast. This, so this really doesn't tell you anything. This doesn't tell you anything you didn't know about the New York Times. What it does is tell you a lot you probably didn't want to admit, about, admit to yourself about Mitt Romney. That he's going along with this. And don't tell me he's being played. Come on. The guy who fixed the Olympics... The guy at Bain Capital where they bought companies, stripped them bare, and then sold them off. I have some personal experience with this. I worked for him. I worked for Bain when they bought Clear Channel. That's who I worked for. And even though I got along with them great, because in the end, all they really cared about was my ratings were good, they also would micromanage how many hours my part-time assistant would work. From their national headquarters, we'd get missives to Des Moines. Rebecca's worked too many hours. All right? I have a hard time believing the guy who started that company 
is just being innocently played here by un- unsuspectingly played here by the New York Times. If that's true, then he didn't deserve to be in the White House because he wasn't up to the task if he was that much of an adult. No, he is perfectly fine taking on this position. Because really, except when he's ran for president pretending to be a conservative, it's really who the guy's been his entire political career. He launched his political career saying attacking Reagan, guys. Okay? So no, this doesn't tell you, I'm not telling you anything you already didn't know about the New York Times. I'm not telling you anything you already didn't know about how the liberal media operates. What this does confirm for you, though, is who Mitt Romney really is. And it also confirms for you that had he won in 2012 instead of Barack Obama, not much would have been all that different, actually. Which, you know what? A lot of you are nodding your head saying, and Steve, that's why Trump and Cruz were the last two candidates standing in the 2016 primary, because you're right. Your thoughts, Todd? You had me at uh, remember when he didn't eat the chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to know uh, uh, about uh, Mitt Romney. You're, but the the more grown well, that that is the grown up answer. Uh, but grown answer, uh, grown up answer part B is that uh, Mitt Romney understands all too well uh, what he's doing. I, I, I second that as well. He's but he's not doing anything new. He's he's doing what he's always done he's doing the kind of thing uh that steve and his buddy uh, what, greg jackson out in massachusetts mm-hmm. together unearthed mm-hmm. or he unearthed and you helped get the word out about what he did uh in bringing uh not only uh obamacare 1.0 um but um paying uh for uh abortion in massachusetts this is this is who Mitt Romney is. and he They th- shut down Catholic charities when they didn't want to do gay adoptions right on down go. the line. There you go. All, this, all the things Obama did to nuns and Hobby Lobby with Obamacare, yes. Romney did to the yes. Catholic Church and people in Massachusetts yes. already. So um, the fact that he's becoming uh, the standard bearer, perhaps, of the uh, Republican Party— um, kind of you know been there done that it's ultimately uh more of the same uh he i don't think he's got uh the swagger to add anything new to it so i i think we're just stuck in stasis with him moving forward do i think it's a step back no a step forward obviously uh not but he's don't he there are voices on the right that treat him as a demigod uh and it's it's appalling the degree to which knowing how easy it is to unearth what this guy's record is and how poorly he has performed as a politician on the national stage i remember vividly steve you and i uh tweeting during the second debate between obama and Romney after Romney had won the first one. I destroyed him in the first debate. And Romney was, it, you talk a lot about, like, it's a totally different dynamic, but like when Trump has too much success, like he he, he needs to like just kind of shake the, rock the boat. Well, when Romney had too much success, he, he wet himself. Yeah, if Trump has narcissistic personality disorder, Romney has passive aggressive <laughs> personality disorder. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you know, I, I was wrong. I misspoke earlier. One thing would be different if, if Romney had won instead of Obama. Romney would not have used the federal government to openly target your religious liberty like Obama did. He just wouldn't have done anything, wouldn't have used any vessel of government to protect you from it when they when they did this to you. Like all other Republicans yeah. almost, yeah. yes. But he would have felt really bad. Yes. And some proxy of his, Matt Lewis at CNN or somebody like that, would have... Everybody at ri- National Review, yeah, almost w- everybody w- Would have written Review. some column for the Wall Street Journal op-ed page talking about how terrible this is, that this is happening to Christians, but of course nothing can be done about it because that would violate every shibboleth of the damned of the, of the fake right. So there you go. All right. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw this uh, this weekend, but... Um, Nancy Pelosi came out with some new messaging for uh, Democrats. Did you guys did you guys see this? I did. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, she unveiled it at a press conference the other day. Hip hip hooray. Unemployment is down. And it continues. What does that mean? What is what does that mean, Nancy? To me in my life, I need a bigger paycheck. Also included in the uh, messaging is uh, America is no longer being pushed around by uh, by people with. Know, massive tariffs on imported goods so that's hip, hip, hooray. yeah that's that's good um the economy the stock market is better than it's ever been hip, hip, hooray. um i don't know uh oh yeah the iran deal is ripped up hip, hip, hooray. oh the embassy is in jerusalem hip, hip, hooray. let's see what else what else um uh, oh, uh, football starts in less than two months. Hip, hip, hooray. Yeah, that's all part of their messaging. Oh, also, um, Robert De Niro had this to add. I'm going to say one thing. Trump. Did you guys get that? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say one thing. Trump. F-bomb there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Did you see the ratings on the Tony Awards were lower was... than uh, <laughs> a rerun of Celebrity Family Feud? Yes. That's believable. Yeah, yes. That's true. That, 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 yeah, that actually is true. What's that you say about unintentional humor, Steve? Is always the that best. Is hilarious. Yes. The Nancy Pelosi thing. I'm reminded I was I was sitting in a room of early in the Republican primary process last cycle with a lot of conservative leaders around the country in DC and several of the candidates, Rubio, Cruz, others came in, Walker, to basically lobby us to support him. And Cruz's Cruz brought up Romney and he said 350 million Americans and we pick in the last election we nominate the one guy who can't attack Obama on his weakest flank because he came up with the idea first and man you could have heard a pin drop in that room when Cruz said that and I'm, I'm reminded of that with, with Nancy Pelosi 350 million Americans and they can't come up with a better face or messenger. And whenever I hear her talk, can you play a little bit of that again? Sure, one second. All right, play a little bit of that again. All right. Hip, hip, hooray. Unemployment is down. What does that mean to right. me <laughs> in my what, life? What does that mean? I need- okay. Why, when I hear that, I hear, all your life is Channel 13, Sesame Street. What does it mean? Unemployment is down. What does I that love mean? a good Billy Joel reference. I mean, what? D- d- what does that mean? What does she mean most of the time? Do you know what, what does she's that mean? About? I know. I know. We've talked about in the past when Trump gets into the weeds on issues, and I'm like, I, I have no idea what he's saying. I don't know what that means. When this woman talks on the periphery of an issue, I don't know what she means. 
I don't know what she's talking about. I can't decipher it. I don't. I don't get it. Aaron, can you just re-rack from the television show my uh, George Soros commentary? Because old man hate. Oh yeah. This is old man hate. Hip hip hooray. They. And and the con- living in the contradiction, if unemployment was down under Barack Obama, they'd be throwing out the data right there. And it is raw hate on display. I would like to counter that, though, with um, some commentary from Bill Maher. Like, the, I feel like the bottom has to fall out at some point. And by the way, I'm hoping for it because I think one way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy. So please bring on the recession. Oh, good point, Aaron. Good yeah, point. I'm, I'm glad you played that clip. I'm going to come back to the Mar thing for in just a second. But there's one more thing I think needs to be said about Pelosi. Is I think there's actually, which further reinforces my point, she's just terrible at this. She's actually hovering around what is a better message for them than the one they're currently articulating. Or let's just run as let's just run as cultural Marxist, which doesn't seem to be appealing to anybody except cable news hosts and and uh, MS ESPN. She she she's kind of I think trying to say what I said on Fox News last week that most Americans don't vote on um, legal theories, but what the conditions are in their own life are they making more money? What's gas cost? What's it cost at the store? Right, but. She's just so damn weird. Odd. She's just, just as we talk about Trump's grading narcissism is always going to turn off a portion of audience that his message could otherwise reach. And we all have that. If you have a strong-willed personality, you know, because of some of the ways I've communicated in the past, there are people who would be more inclined, who are inclined to believe the same things I do that just will not consume what I do. That goes with the territory, okay? But with, with Pelosi, it's just odd. She's weird. She makes you feel weird. She makes you feel like you're dumber. She makes you feel like, with Trump, sometimes you're like, can't we be better than this? With Pelosi, you're like, shouldn't you be smarter than me? Shouldn't you be better? Shouldn't you be smarter than this? So the hip hip hooray. She actually has the right message in that. Hey, if she had said it this, let me put it this way: if she had said instead, you know, my constituents in my congressional district are happy to see a lot of the economic indicators moving in the right direction, as most Americans are, but they're still wondering. Um, you know, are, are these tariffs going to cause the price of goods they want to purchase to go up? You know, we're, we're st- the you know, we're, wage growth is pretty stagnant. It, it's it's moving, but it's not where working Americans want it to be. And so, we still need to have a conversation with the country about how, is is this making your individual life better? Is it making college more affordable? Your mortgage more affordable? If she had said that, would we be having this conversation right now? No, it wouldn't be an issue because the, the issue is it'd just be another partisan back and forth in, interpretation. The issue here is she let off with, so unemployment sounds, so what? Hip, hip, hooray. What's that mean? Yeah, you plebes shouldn't have, where'd you plebes get that money anyway? Right, right. She leads off making for her side, <coughs> pardon me, for her side, what is maybe the only really good argument they could make without sounding like open communists or haters. But but she has to taint it before she even gets to make it with just sneering elitism that, by the way, it's just 
uncomfortably odd. Watching Nancy Pelosi is like why I can't watch movies Daniel Day-Lewis is in. Said yesterday. It's like watching someone pretend to be human, pretending to be human. That's why I, Daniel Day-Lewis is like the Burger King guy. I can't watch a movie he's in. It's very creepy. It's like cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Nancy Pelosi's like not a, it's like that's not a real person. Facial twitches, demeanor. I just feel like I'm watching a life model decoy. So there's, there's some intellectual argument their side could actually make there. She's just awful at making it. And with the hip hip hooray sneering elitism, I mean, that's what you want, right? You want a San Francisco leftist telling that's Iowa, it. Wisconsin, Michigan, ah, it doesn't matter that you guys are going back to work. She undermines her own point before she even starts to express it, Todd. Well, forget I forget Iowa. How about her own state? I mean, this is that's why you lost me at uh, you know caring when you started off by caring about constituents. She, her, her own state is falling into the ocean economically because of policies like hers that they continue to shove down their throat and they welcome um, with, with open arms, apparently, except for the ones who are fleeing uh, to move to Texas, the businesses and the individuals uh, alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, so, I mean, she doesn't, she does not care about people. That's the thing. That the, that's it, right? The Democrats are the so-called, hysterically, and that's why the party of the people. You can't start with hip, hip, hooray, it doesn't matter, and then go, what does it mean to normal people? Normal people have already turned you off. Right. Already turned you off. Now, the Mar thing. Now, I want to make sure I make this point pretty clear. I have, I have, I have, I have said some complimentary things about Mar in the past. Not about his ideology, except when it comes to Islam, he's pretty much right, but about his willingness to tolerate dissent. I think the last thing we need in this country, okay, last thing we need is to get rid of people who don't agree with us, no matter how dumb, crazy, nuts they may be, but are willing to tolerate us. We, we have very little toleration, yep. uh, tolerance for dissent in America, and it is putting our culture at a real existential crossroads. With that disclaimer aired, that's a wretchedly terrible hot take to openly root for the suffering of people like that. And I wasn't comfortable when Rush Limbaugh did it back in the day either. I even said so on WHO. I used to come on after Rush. I wasn't comfortable saying I'm rooting against the president. I was comfortable saying I'm confident his policies won't work because they won't work because they never work. They don't work anywhere in the world. They're contrary to human nature, the created order. Marxism cannot work. There's no smarter class of Marxist aficionados, operators, enablers, bureaucrats that can, that can crack a code. There's no code. There's no code. The key won't fit in the hole, no matter how many t- different people try to put it in. It cannot work. But saying I don't believe the president's ideology can work is a lot different than saying I hope it does not. And that's that, what, what, Mars even going a step further, though. He's not even having an ideological argument. At least Rush, at least Rush was, was his, he want, he was, he, it was based in the anathema, in his view, of Obama's ideology. So when he was saying he wanted Obama to fail, he wanted America to succeed. Yes. This is different. He wants, he wants Trump on a personal level to be, to cause people suffering. That's different. 
That, to me, that's taking it a step further. Openly rooting for suffering. Let me put this argument in another context. You know, we don't want to have armed guards in the schools like we do at amusement parks and federal buildings. Because if a trained marksman took out some troubled brat with a gun before he could kill a bunch of people, we couldn't run that narrative on CNN tonight to push gun control. Know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. When you're now advocating the causing of suffering of others in order to create a political outcome. That's, that's just wicked. I don't know what other word to use, guys. That's wicked. But there is some good news, Todd. There is some good news. Via Bill Maher, the left is finally acknowledging that the economy is performing well. <laughs> See, you know me, I will find a way yep. to declare victory in every single situation. There is that, which just goes to show their lack of self-awareness. Right. I mean, I, I, and, their, and their love of contradiction. When, you know, Pelosi's like, yeah, yeah whatever, I mean, this, that's no great shakes. You're, that's, you're overselling the whole thing. And, and Bill Maher is indirectly pointing out, no, this thing's good. This thing's good. I mean, they're just so schizophrenic. And again, why? I go back to what I said before. This is what hate does to you. Hate, if hate is your idol, uh, you you need not have reason. You need not have science. You you need not really believe uh, something like love is love. Um, you just hug that thing tight and start swinging a hammer bigger and harder, and you just don't care who you hit. I think that's a great note to end on, personally. I agree. In fact, as I was sitting here thinking, how am I going to follow it up? Yeah. I couldn't come up with it. You just totally bailed me out, man. You're welcome. So final thought, Aaron, you get it, since Todd and I are, are pretty much spent. Um, Todd came in here. I want to just, Todd's a wealth of, of, of uh, sayings and smart takes. I he spent came, all weekend refereeing soccer. That's he why. was walking the earth. Understood. Well, uh, I was gonna. Uh, I was, you were you're doing good there for a little while there, Arson. <laughs> uh, no, he came in. He came in this morning, and usually, like the first thing out of Todd's mouth in the morning, if he says anything when he comes in before you come in, is usually just it ends up being how the day goes. I don't know if he's a prophet or what, but he said Republicans are gonna win, man. And the last three or four stories we talked about today on on um you know on on news and views on weekend news and views i can't say that he's wrong at this point well steve and i were talking a little bit off air and he said well don't you know don't give up on the dumbest last uh, losers I, i'm not giving up at all i'm just what uh, what's it called in um in the uh, wall street uh, you, when you short sell you're betting on a stock to mm-hmm. fail mm-hmm. that just based on the information I have at my disposal, the most, and how, is there going to be dumb from Trump? 
absolutely. But based on the kind of uh, dumb, the balance of dumb, what I'm seeing, they can't help themselves. They're ramping it up. The number of examples over a weekend that Aaron just showed you, I'm short selling here. I'm just based on my own theory of the one who is dumbest last loses. I am short selling right now hard on the Republicans are going to win. Now, of course, in a... A week from now with different data, I, I, won't, I won't be contradicting myself. I'll just change my mind. But you, th- th- this level of balance is, is strongly in the Republicans' favor. They, they right now are going to be forced, Steve, to just come out and say, yeah, guys, um, the thing Steve's always been saying that we are progressives and we're basically really the new Democrat Party, I, I, that's all true. I mean, they're going to have to do that. And so I will end it with this response. As you say that, Oh, no. They're meeting in secret on Capitol Hill about pushing amnesty. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying, yeah. I rest my case. Yeah. And it's a strong case. I rest my case. They don't want to win. The Democrats want to win maybe too badly and for the wrong reasons. Um, One side won't run on their message. The other side really has no message to run on, which is why. You're right. Whoever's dumbest last loses. That's it. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Um, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Please subscribe if you haven't done so yet to the podcast. Leave a positive review for us if you haven't done so yet. Those of you that have, thank you very much. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.